Okay, we're back here. I run far live from the coffee bar Thursday before Western States 2018. We're joined by none other than Timothy Frericks from Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, Tim, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks um, for having me, guys. It's, it's strange, you know, for me as kind of like an observer of the sport. You're you're sort of flying under the radar coming <laughs> into the race. It's, it kind of boggles my mind. I think in a race that has you know the likes of your friend Jim Walmsley yeah. and Francois Dan, who's one of the greatest of all time, yeah. it, it lends to other people being able to fly under the radar. Of course, you had one of the most incredible seasons last year, winning both Transwakanya and the North Face uh, 50 Mile Championship at the end of the year. Two world class. Um, you know, events with international fields. Um, how did your kind of meteoric rise in the sport and yeah. especially your success in 2017, how has that like helped you come into this race and does it give you confidence going into the race? Yeah, I think it does. I So I've seen success at 50 miles and like I really like that distance mm -hmm. and um, I think that distance is a good distance to just acquaint you with ultra running in general, but it's, it's definitely not, not 100 miles. 100 miles is a different beast, I think. You know, talking with Jim and talking with Jared and guys that have done it before. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it definitely gives me confidence. Like, I know I've been able to do it over the shorter distances. Um, I think just going into this with a kind of a like a, a little bit of a cautious approach, but kind of ready to get after it, knowing that like I've put in the training, um, does give me confidence for race day. But um, but yeah, there is an element of like first time going in. Um, but um, but I think other guys have had success their first time and um, ready to kind of get after it and give them my best shot. Let's talk about that concept of stepping up to the hundred mile distance for a minute, because there are yeah. people watching right now in this room and online who are on the cusp of their own first yeah. hundred mile race it's like you're doubling distance for sure yeah what's sure. that like yeah like what is that process like in your head of trying to wrap your head around it I, I think what kind of gives me peace of mind is just looking at the little things like making sure like my crews ha are dialed and um, you know taking care of things from a nutrition standpoint um, but yeah and like doubling it doubling the distance of what I've been competitive in is intense but at the same time like I'm somebody that like I like a new challenge and um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah I, I like a new challenge and I think going into it with that mindset of like I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge myself I'm gonna push myself with something new and something longer um, has me really excited to be honest okay. so, yeah I honestly think the whole first hundred mile thing is, is a little bit overrated too so I, I don't think you need to worry too much but um, I saw you this spring at Lake Sonoma 50, you were there supporting your friends, um, and of course everybody in your little training group got into the race, which yeah. was incredible to watch. But you yeah. were you were hurt at that point. Right. Can you tell us what you were dealing with and how your recovery has been, how yeah. your training's been since then? Yeah, I think um, it, if I can trace it back to one thing, I, I fell in the Grand Canyon on a training run by myself. Yeah. Um, kind of on like a, a more remote route. 
and ended up having to like hike out, kind of hobble out. And from that point forward, I ended up favoring my other leg and started having some IT band issues in my left leg. Um, and so that just, you know, it's nothing like a lot of people get stress fractures yeah. and, and bone issues, but for me, it's always been like ligaments and tendons that have bothered me. And I think just, yeah, for whatever reason, it was like just knee pain, you know, IT band, kind of classic runner's knee IT band syndrome. And um, probably kept jogging on it a little more than I should have. I kept trying to test the waters and I think that kind of probably prolonged things. But I, I don't know, right after I saw you guys at Lake Sonoma, like things started clicking again. I had a lot of great people in my corner and Flagstaff to work with me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Wes Gregg at Hypo2 really got me healthy, I think. And um, and Tommy Pusey was working on oh, me a good. bunch too. So um, yeah, between those guys, like really um, was able to start clicking again after Lake Sonoma. So it's been a short block, but um, I kind of like to go into things fresh, a little undertrained, fresh, yeah. yeah, rather than the other direction. In college, I dabbled in the overtraining yeah. category a lot, so <laughs> I think staying away from that is uh, is to my advantage. That's probably hard to do when you're uh, training with the, the group yeah. of guys that you are. Yeah, it is. A few people in Flagstaff have told me that you are um, arriving to appropriate fitness at just the right time. <laughs> yeah, is I that, hope so. Yeah, I mean, is that... Talk about what's happened since you were able to start running and yeah, where do you think I you mean, are? I, if, you, if I look back at my training logs, like I've seen, I don't know, like before Black Canyon, the race that got me into Western States, I was probably in the shape of my life like in January and I'm thinking back like, Man, um, it's, it's true. Like after TNF, I'm always so fit. Yeah, it was just fit 50. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was like man, December, January went really well, and I remember really um, nailing the run in the Grand Canyon in January and just being like, I've got a long way to go until Black Canyon in the middle of February. So I, I do think I've had kind of, if you look at everything, like an eight-week block here, and um, and I and I, that's worked well for me in the past. I, I would prefer like a couple more weeks, but um, but I've been really fit off like a two-month block in the past and I think I'm kind of getting into shape like right at the right time and it's kind of hard to say too because we've done so much heat training and it's like when you're running in the heat in the Grand Canyon for your big days it's like I just feel like garbage yeah. no matter what and so it's like yeah and so it's like kind of been that I've kind of had to keep a level head with that just knowing that like it's not going to be the same when you're running in 105 degrees in the Grand Canyon but um, but I think things are rounding into shape at the right time. Good. Yeah. Well, as I, I sort of said, you're you're sort of flying under the radar, but astute observers <laughs> like myself think you, like you think you have uh, a, probably a legitimate chance to, to win the race, even though it's your first hundred miler. Uh, but based on your performances in the past, mm -hmm. um, you're also going to be racing against a lot of world class guys. Obviously, yeah. your good friend Jim Walmsley, mm -hmm. uh, who has had a, sort of transcended the sport in the last couple of years, Francois Dane, who's one of the best in the world, mm -hmm. um, they both sort of like to put pressure on the field early in the race. Sure. It seems you also like to race fairly yeah. aggressively. How do you how do you think about your strategy leading into the race? Do you think you might go with the front pack, or are you going to try and be conservative being that it's your first time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say 
for sure like it, I always have like a rough game plan and then like I try and roll with the punches on race day mm -hmm. I think a lot of guys go into it with that mentality but I do think for this race like I'm gonna err on the side of caution um, but uh, yeah I mean just erring on the side of caution but I still do want to put myself out there yeah. like I I I don't ever really want to go into a race like just having myself beat already before right. lining up so I think giving myself a shot while being cautious is kind of gonna try and be my approach um, you're not gonna see me leading the race in the first like 10 20 miles there's just, sure no, there's just no way there's no way um, I do like to be aggressive but um, but not I mean I don't think I think this this place you have to respect 100 miles you have to respect mm -hmm. the course and the heat and yeah being cautious I think plays everyone's favor so, so does that mean you're gonna want to like know the guys in the front are a couple minutes ahead do you want to keep sight of them are you gonna be running by feel um, I think a lot of it for me is gonna be running on feel okay. um, I think I think comparing yourself to the field is always like a useful tool you know I, I know the guys that are running and I know a lot of them are in really good shape right now I mean I train with Jim every week so I you know I, I know where those guys are coming from and so like I think I will use those guys as a bit of a gauge but at the same time for me so much of ultra running is just like monitoring yourself and kind of paying attention to your internal cues and I think um, you know though I haven't raced one yet I think that's even more important at 100 miles where the distance is so long so let's mostly internal stuff sorry no you're good let's talk for a second about that heat I think yeah. that's one of the big the big factors that are it's going to influence how this mm -hmm. race plays out you've experienced some pretty incredible heat in the canyon pretty yeah. much like what you're going to see mm -hmm. in the canyons of western states how's heat going how does yeah how are you in heat? Uh, I, I think I, I wouldn't. I think I'm like average. You know, I'm not. Cody Reed will joke about Jim Walmsley like he, Jim is a camel he he's had some of his best like just objective like splits in the canyon like he's run some of his best times when it's like 100 degrees he's out right. he's he grew like, up in Phoenix yeah, it's, it's, it's not like, fair yeah, it's, it's not just fair. Like, he's made for this race <laughs> different body thermometer yeah and but I think I mean even guys like Jim are prone to you know overheating so I think um, I, I think I'm pretty I, I think I'm pretty you know, I I call myself average, but I do think like growing. I grew up in the desert, not as hot as where Jim grew up, but um, you know, it'd be 110 in the summers. Um, and so I do have experience in the heat and training in the heat. This block, honestly, has gone. I've had better runs in the heat than I ever have had for myself. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited. I think it's just another layer of like, well, let's just put our heads down and like get through it. So yeah. Cool. And I mean, we've already touched a bit about like the community you guys have in Flagstaff and your whole Coconino Cowboy thing. <laughs> Maybe just like tell us a little bit about your guys's group and how you think it it helps all yeah. you guys and what like how often do you guys train together anything specific you can share in I, that context yeah i think more than anything like we're just a, I, I think like we're just a group of friends that like to train together yeah. it's kind of the bottom line um and that has been i mean it's been super useful when it was like just jim and i and, and then cody um it's just been useful to have like 
like Jim was a year into it when I came in, and um, or maybe a little more, and just having guys around you to bounce ideas off of, and you know we're all self-coached, and so I think just having that um, as kind of like a gauge of like, oh, Cody ran, you know, he went out in one way too cool, or Jim went out in one Lake Sonoma, like what were those guys doing when they did that, and like, so I think it's just a useful tool to be able to kind of compare, but it's also like we've been able to hold each other accountable. Like I know when I get really deep in the trenches of like working a lot and running by myself a lot, it's a lot easier to like let training kind of slide and like um, so just being held accountable by my by my friends and having people to join up for a run at like Eric Sensman's run with me at like 9 p.m. before yeah. after a 12, 13 hour shift and so it's just like stuff like that. That's great. It's just it's super valuable. Yeah, yeah. It's, so you it's you been awesome. you mentioned both Jim and Cody and obviously Jim and Jared are both sort of known as being high volume trainers. I talked to Cody last night and he we were talking about how he's more of a low volume guy. How is it do you do you feel pressure when you're when you're training with guys who are doing 150, 170 mile weeks? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean does that influence your training at all? Absolutely. I think like it's um, when you're training with guys that put in that much volume you kind of question your own yeah. methods. You're like, man, am I maybe I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I I, I kind of like where I'm at with like my work-life balance and just being kind of self-limited with work has kept me from overtraining. In college, I I mean I would I would routine, routinely do bigger miles, not the kind of miles they're doing now, but but back-to-back weeks for months at a time, and and ended up just kind of overtrained. And so I, I think just paying attention to what works for me and in being like you know kind of that moderate, not necessarily low volume or high volume, but like 100, 110 miles a week has worked really well for me. Um, and, but yeah, there is a pressure there. Like, man, am I, am I not doing enough? But um, but I think finding a balance has worked well. That's smart. Yeah. I've always wondered in that group, like the accountability thing. Does the accountability ever go in the opposite direction? Like, maybe you better ease off a little bit there. It does. No, it does. I mean, and yeah, at least for me, it's like you know, I'll like give the guys my schedule or or whatever, and we're talking about things, and I'll, I'll kind of ease off of things. But um, yeah, it, it should probably work that way a little more than like, it does. Let's go have a Dairy Queen instead of a second run, maybe? Yeah. They're like, this yeah. lazy guy's only doing 110 this week? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, Tim, thanks so much for taking the time to yeah. come see us this morning. And yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of interested people watching your race on Saturday and a lot of people rooting for you. And um, yeah, good luck. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Let's give Mr. Frerichs a round of applause. States Thursday morning show. We'll be back here at 4 p.m. this afternoon with five more interviews. Um, make sure to have a drink and give your patronage to the coffee bar here. We've also got the I Run Far store back there, irunfar.com slash store if you'd like to shop online. Thank you so much to Drymax, Buff, Jaybird, and of course the coffee bar for hosting us. We'll see you guys at 4 p.m. There's going to be beer.